Virtualization and cloud computing. How safe is it? And what are the greatest areas of risks many organizations are likely overlooking? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Mark Val, Chairman of the Knowledge Board for the Information Systems Audit and Control Association, also known as ISACA, which focuses on emerging technologies such as cloud computing. ISACA is a nonprofit association that includes 95,000 members in 160 countries. Mark, ISACA recently issued guidelines for how organizations can implement effective controls and governance for cloud computing. Can you give us a little background about how ISACA developed the guidelines? Hi, Tracy. Well, already in 2008, many ISACA members started asking questions about how to handle cloud computing. Um, from an IT audit and risk perspective, especially since ISACA had the, the proper frameworks such as COBIT and ValIT, and to deal with this topic in a complete and easy fashion. Um, some ISACA journals articles were published, uh, but in order to meet the needs of our members, we published in October 2009 the first overview report on business benefits of cloud computing with security governance and assurance perspectives. And this report actually already indicates the core message from ISACA to its members and to the outside world, which is that cloud computing is another tool in the portfolio of solutions which organizations should use, uh, taking into account a number of attention points. Now, this report in 2009 got a lot of positive feedback in the market, and we then used our internal knowledge center and some social media to perform a number of surveys during the end of 2010 and the beginning of 2011, in which more than 250 people participated actively. And based on those service results, ISACA developed and published this July 2011 its book called IT Control Objectives for Cloud Computing. And the book was written and reviewed by more than 20 cloud computing experts of ISACA. Now, Mark, when it comes to cloud computing and virtualization, what are some of the unique challenges you see facing various vertical markets, such as the financial services market, healthcare, and government? Well, cloud computing as such is not designed, targeted for, or used by um, any one particular vertical marketplace, as you know. But if we look at how vertical markets are using cloud computing today, we clearly notice distinct challenges. Um, the ones that you mentioned, like financial services, healthcare, and government, are, of course, highly regulated ones. And as such, they struggle a lot with what we call the compliance requirements between their existing rules and relations and using a novelty solution like cloud computing. And um, in such organizations, there are many people raising barriers or fear factors, which make it very hard for managers to decide to go ahead with cloud computing, since they need to go to fill in a series of administrative documents on all sorts of elements, especially when they go for, when they go for public or hybrid cloud computing solutions. Now, in our book, we describe compliance requirements as only one of the 14 challenges that uh, people uh, encounter. Now, personally, I encounter a lot of business executives in all types of industry who notice the many advantages of cloud computing and who are willing to sign off uh, any or, or accepting any type of risk uh, in order to move ahead and use cloud computing solutions in order to exploit the advantages uh, which they see as uh, bigger, as uh, weighing more than the challenges that are put forward. So in that sense, it's quite interesting. Now, ISACA notes that when enterprises decide to use cloud computing for IT services, business processes are impacted and governance becomes critical regardless of the industry, which you've just noted. What are some of the key areas that you see, Mark, as being areas where organizations need to pay the closest attention when it comes to governance? Uh, indeed. 
You read the book very well. Um, <laughs> the governance around cloud computing is about added value balanced against the risk. And in our book, ISACA identifies, as I mentioned, more than 14 areas where organizations should pay attention to. But let me give you briefly my top five. Um, I think one of the elements that's noticed and that's a, a definite is data location. A lot of people talk about data location and how are we sure that the cloud service provider does not store it in an area or a country where we don't want our data to be in. Now, actually, that's an irrelevant uh, challenge and, and question because in the end, um, even today with virtualization, um, I cannot pinpoint the exact physical computer where the data is located. However, it is, of course, an attention point that people, organizations, should say, okay, we, can, we don't want to know where the location of the data is, but we want to make sure, for example, it's in the U.S. or it's in Europe or the European zone. Um, and then cloud service providers, they actually can do that. Previously, in the beginning, well, like three, four years ago, it was like, well, that's none of your business. Now they know that there are legal requirements that can be really difficult in its government store. And so data location is definitely one of the five topics that I would think um, is an attention point. The second one, obviously, is cloud service provider stability, reliability, and viability. Um, if you want to go in, into a in contract with an external party, you want to make sure that they will outlive the duration at least of the contract. So um, a definite point of attention is how stable, uh, how mature is the cloud service provider you're doing business with. Um, and also, of course, how mature are they in the end to when the contract ends, that they will give you the help and assistance to move to another provider or putting all the information back inside your organization. So that's the second topic. The third one, definitely, it's on the radar screen, I know, but it's the legal and regulatory uh, compliance aspect. Um, not to overdo it, um, but just to make sure that in the contracts that are signed, the service level agreements that are uh, given, that it is in sync with what an organization today is doing, nothing more, nothing less, uh, but just to making sure. And again, here, I can confirm that a lot of cloud service providers um, are doing their best to make it acceptable and that they don't kind of uh, make it as a non-negotiable uh, part of the deal, especially in very specific type of solutions. Um, the fourth element I would like to stress is, of course, security management. Um, a lot of people are worried that the identity and access management solutions are not up to uh, speed uh, with what they have inside. So there also, again, um, cloud service providers have to do an effort to make sure that at least they follow the same rules uh, and that they provide the same access privileges, but especially also the what we call the, the super user uh, access. Who has super user access to the data? of the organization that is putting its data in the cloud. And then the final uh, point of attention I would like to stress in that list is what I would call BCM, so Business Continuity and Disaster Recovery. Um, anything can go wrong, and of course, you know, um, things will go wrong. The point is, how well is the cloud service provider prepared for that, and what kind of m measures has the cloud service provider taken in order to make sure that it's recoverable or at least survivable. So in the end, um, the outcome of it all is that a business executive can identify benefits and risks, uh, make a balancing decision and say, okay, we go or we don't do it. And, and that's the ultimate goal. 
And that's a great segue for me here, Mark, because my next question actually did delve into business continuity. And I wanted to ask about the steps that organizations should be taking to ensure that cloud providers work well together, because we know that oftentimes institutions, financial institutions and other organizations are not just working with one cloud provider, they're working with several. So how do they ensure that communication and performance is not hindered during times of disaster and that these cloud providers can work together? Well, that's a very good question, and, and you're right. Um, most people see it as kind of a single way, and it's not true. Uh, organizations have multiple cloud service providers, and sometimes they don't even know. I always say that the way to discover how many cloud service providers you have is going to the financial department and check out the invoices or the expense notes, because sometimes you only find out through that some uh, manager has put on his, uh, per, uh, his professional credit card that he has signed a contract with a cloud service provider. You don't know that. Uh, it doesn't go always through the normal channels. So indeed, uh, continuity is a very big concern. And especially in the hybrid or community cloud computing solutions, which we see quite often, um, it's all related to internet-related solutions. And uh, indeed, continuity and disaster recovery is always a very sensible question to ask. My biggest advice is do not focus on backups, but focus on recovery. And it's needless to say that, of course, with some very recent highly mediatized cloud computing incidents, and failures that, that were in the press, they have put business continuity right back on the agenda in many cloud computing negotiations, for sure. And in my opinion, any organization should need to know how its solution works. And if that solution makes, um, I would say, makes a combination with cloud computing solutions, they have to find out how that solution is integrated with its internal and external systems. So they have to focus on the connectors between those systems and make sure that they have a complete vision. And a second thing is definitely also focus on incident response and escalation management and even crisis management. Um, cloud computing uh, service providers, they're only accessible through networks, and that's the way it is. So it's very important to know how, if an incident occurs or a crisis happens, how they will handle it, how they will document it, communicate and escalate it. And even there, I notice sometimes that organizations are sometimes expecting much more maturity of a cloud service provider than what they have inside, which also will hinder the communication and the performance. And of course, then, DRP, disaster recovery, as I said, I mean, backups is nice, recovery is better. Um, and it's good to know from a company perspective which guarantees you have in terms of data and service availability. I mean, if the only way you will connect is through one line, maybe you should consider having a second network connection with a, di- a second provider uh, to a different uh, physical line. Um, and finally, and that's a big element that I always see when I am called in to help out, is service portability. It's, this point is usually forgotten, but it's, it's really weird to think about it before you sign a contract, but it's about, okay, if we end this contract, how will we have support from the cloud service provider to port our solutions, our data, to another cloud service provider. How much will this cost? What will be the support? It's weird to think about it when you haven't even signed a contract, but it's, I always think of a life cycle. You know, it, it's created, it's born, but it always will end. It will die at some point in time. So you have to foresee that. And where do you see more, most organizations, Mark, falling short when it comes to effectively managing security risks that are associated with the cloud? Well, Surprisingly enough, in my experience, many organizations fall in the same information security pitfalls as they did previously when they outsourced 
part or complete business or IT processes. Um, and the slogan, trust is important but control is better, remains valid. Um, I would suggest that people and organizations really think of their own information life cycle from creation till destruction of information in order to ask and get proper answers on the basic information security questions, like how isolated is my information because we're in a shared tenancy? How do we manage identity and access uh, for soup users and for normal users? How do we manage the security? Um, how is it protected against violations, hackings? Um, how can we get assurance that the data is not in, uh, tampered with? Um, what are our uh, incident capabilities? How stable are you? How can I migrate my service to another CISP? How will my data re be removed at the end of the contract so it's not uh, being sold by somebody else? Now, believe me, CSPs, so cloud service providers, they know these questions, of course, because everybody's asking them. So they're investing a lot of effort in making sure that they know we can answer these questions positively, but also that they can prove it. And, and one day they do is through, you know, standardized certification. Now, in the financial and payments arena specifically, Mark, concerns about security such as end-to-end -end transactional encryption have been raised in recent years. In fact, the PCI Security Standards Council recently issued guidance about steps financial players can and should follow when it comes to protecting card payments in a virtual environment. Does ISACA address some of these encryption concerns in the guidelines that it's issued? Yes, we do. And, of course, we don't mention any particular solutions in terms of encryption. But yes, uh, we refer even quite often to the PCI DSS standards, but also to other standards, such as our own COVID standard, obviously, but also to ISO 27000, FedRAMP, NIST uh, SP800 series, HITRUST, BITS. And in many of these standards, encryption is already mentioned as a tool to better protect information in the virtual environment. Now, in COVID, for example, we always refer to encryption and the protection of cryptographic keys as a basic control feature when looking at information security. Now, in the book, really have established a fine audit work program, really, uh, really cool to look at. And even in, in there, we go even further and ask the question to the reader how his or her data is protected while being inside the database at the CISP. So the question we ask is, how can the reader, how can an organization be sure that the DBA at the CSP, so the cloud service provider, is not looking at the organization's data? So, yes, encryption concerns are definitely tackled in the guidelines and in the ways um, how people should protect data, not just in the transfer, but also inside in the data center, in the virtual environment where the data is residing. And how can organizations, Mark, be sure that sensitive information is protected and encrypted in the cloud, especially if they're relying on more than one cloud vendor? Well, I have a very simple answer for that, <laughs> and it's only by testing it. You only can do it by testing it to make sure it really works. If of course, organizations have the opportunity to go to, to see it, but if it's virtualized and, and it's encrypted, of course, the encrypting algorithms must be clear, um, but it's, it's, it's by testing it, really going to the motions and going for it and not just believing it. And that probably answers my next question, which is how can organizations ensure that all of the proverbial gaps are filled, especially when contracts with more than one cloud provider are involved? And you're probably going to give the same answer. They just need to test the systems. Well, there's a little, um, I would say, I would even go beyond that because, of course, governance rules in the organization should make sure that there's an oversight. But there's one golden rule. Remember that you can never outsource your accountability for your information. 
So if you want to make sure that you have gaps or that the gaps are filled, you have to coordinate as an organization between the different cloud service providers if you have many of them. But it's your responsibility. You cannot outsource the accountability and the responsibility as well. That's a little bit over the top. Right. And that's a great point. And the guidelines do note that specific questions um, have been raised, I guess, or there are specific things that organizations should ask cloud vendors about monitoring and auditing. Can you explain why cloud vendors should be questioned about these types of practices? Well, mainly it's about validating that the cloud service provider is following the same standards as expected by you, so that he or she is at the same level of maturity. Now, automated monitoring is one of the five key characteristics of cloud computing, so that should be no problem. And actually, a CSP monitors even like hell because they want to be paid for everything you use, correct? But what is an item of challenge is the auditing part. What does a CSP do with all that monitoring log files? And here, uh, solutions like SIEM, uh, Security Instance and Event Management, come into play. What type of solution does a cloud service provider use to find alerts and act upon it? And now here also in the startup phase, I see many organizations testing the cloud service provider by sending out specific, um, well, hopefully incident scripts by testing out if the cloud service provider will react on a specific incident sent out by the organization. So the core mission is here, test it out before you, and dry run it before you really go live. And then before we close, Mark, what final thoughts about cloud computing governance and security would you like to leave our audience with? Well, firstly, as I mentioned before, remember that you as an organization always remain accountable for the information, wherever it is. Um, Secondly, cloud service providers really are doing their best to show and prove to you that they're worthy of your trust. Um, Thirdly, um, please don't be scared away by the negative thinkers who only see dangers and, and stuff, you know, that will happen. But just use your own down-to-earth experience from IT outsourcing and, and learn even beyond that in cloud. Um, next, make a distinction between public, private, hybrid, and community clouds. They're different animals, they're different solutions, and they're different ways to act upon. And finally, cloud computing is an evolution, not a revolution in the IT solution suite. So go ahead and experiment with it. Only by using it can you really learn what's easy, what's difficult, what's nice, what's nasty, what's secure, what's insecure. Mark, I want to thank you again for your time today. Thank you. Again, we've just heard from Mark Val of ISACA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.